pass to Plum. Here come the Aces on the run. De Energizer looks for Ty Young. Sprints to the hoop. Off the glass and good. Good, good, good. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Oh, mercy. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show, show. And here we go. Get ready for the fourth quarter of game number four. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Hammy's going to let one fly. Chance Are you kidding me? T.C. Martin. There are six seconds to go, and De-Energizer hit a wild, crazy, improbable three to give the Aces the lead. The doctor is now in. In, in, in. Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, hour number two of the show. Final four coming your way tomorrow on the men's side. And tonight, just getting underway, the women's side, yes, that is on the betting board South Carolina and Stanford getting ready to battle it out. A pair of number one seeds. Stanford a six-point favorite in this game. And then the nightcap tonight. Look out. You, uh, rather, uh, Arizona taking on UConn. UConn a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Double B, you got to be excited. The, pa- the Pac-12 showing up on the women's side. We've seen this over the last few years. Arizona's been on a, a quite a little bit of a run here. They're taking on that powerhouse in Gio Oriema and the Yukon Huskies. So your final four women at 3 and 6.30. Those are the games tonight. Uh, you can ch- check them here at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas games on the board. The winners will meet on Sunday for that. I know a lot of people are probably anticipating a Yukon-Stanford uh, showdown, which would be fantastic on the women's side. And then, of course, tomorrow we've got our final four on the men's side. All right. yeah, it's nice to see the women uh, of the Pac-12 performing because, you know, the men sure perform mm-hmm. well above what the media thought they would do in the NCAA tournament men's uh, draw. All right. There and uh, our good friend, uh, the reigning WNBA MVP, Asia Wilson, will have uh, definitely a uh, voice uh, in this as her South Carolina fighting Gamecocks taking on uh, Stanford and Don Stately, her old coach, who is the uh, USA basketball coach, and uh, Asia and uh, Angel McCautry and Kelsey Plum are all back there in San Antonio because they have a Team USA uh, workouts that are going on at that point in time. So uh, good special time for them as well, too. But they, they all wanted to come on the show today, but uh, they're, all, they're all geared up right now as we speak as uh, South Carolina is getting ready to, to, to play Stanford. So hopefully maybe we can check in with uh, some of our Lady Aces and Team USA basketball. And all of those ladies had tremendous uh, college careers as well, too. So... We'll uh, get their thoughts on Monday as well, too. All right, so Ballpark Frank in the house, along with Brian Benowitz, T.C. Martin here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. We got Final Four. We appreciate Pete Gillen joining us uh, last hour. Uh, Todd Simon is getting ready to join us here, the head coach at Southern Utah, and also Curtis Terry this hour as well, too, guys. Uh, just looking forward to me to tomorrow as uh, the Final Four day is always a very special day for me it incorporates two of my favorite things basketball and food and of course i'll be uh, it's true it's, it's like the super bowl double b it's like you know food is a big part of that i do the exact same thing for final four and i get to stretch it out though because i got two games you have the half hour in between it, it's a glorious day tc isn't it great to have the men's basketball tournament oh, back on it's beautiful uh, it was taken away from us last year due to the uh, obvious covid concerns that happened that took away everything that was fun in the sports world for quite some time. But look at the joy and the excitement we've had over the last three weeks as uh, upsets and, and, and well-played basketball and buzzer beaters. And it's just a thrill. 
going from that 68 now down to four, and we'll see what happens this weekend. So it's it's great to have it back. It's great to see all these wonderful people here at the Cosmopolitan. Uh, another beautiful weekend in Las Vegas. You know what? You can get up and come on a bike ride with me early if you want. Uh, Mike's going to come with me, Don. You know, yeah. Early bike ride tomorrow. There's, there's one problem with that. I think you're going like for 40 miles. That's about 39 bit. and a half too much for me. <laughs> We'll bring a buggy for you. Yeah. Come <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, go to the and talk to our good friend, the head coach at Southern Utah. He was the interim here coach at UNLV uh, a few years back. Parlayed uh, that success into the job at Southern Utah, and he took this once dormant program in his fifth year. Now they were the Big Sky champs, and uh, just yesterday was named the Jim Phelan Award winner as the top. Division One college basketball coach Todd Simon joins us. Todd, congratulations, my man. Oh, I appreciate it. I really do, and uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, love having you on. Of course, you know, uh, you got a lot, a lot of Las Vegas ties here, and I know that a lot of people here in Vegas, you know, when we got the news about uh, you being named the Jim Phelan Award winner, and for those that don't know, there's a couple different college uh, head coaches uh, awards. Uh, there's the uh, um, the Naismith Award, okay, which I believe they, they named Mark Few uh, that, that today. Yep. And then they get the Jim Phelan Award, and it, it is for the top D1 college basketball coach named after Jim Phelan, the longtime uh, coach at uh, Mount St. Mary's. Always used to wear the bow tie, I believe, like for 49 years. And uh, what I like about this award is they just don't give it to the coach that guides the team to the best record. They'll take a good long, deep look at like, okay, what has this coach done? How has he improved this team and this program? And, you know, look at where they were to where they are today at the end of the season. So that's why I really, and I'm not just saying this because you're on with us, Todd, you won this award, but I've always viewed this award as really being the, the real um, College Coach of the Year award. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. And, and uh you know, I was quite quite surprised. I was actually just honored to be on the list uh, when they came out with that. And you know, you're you're uh, you're the most exciting part about it is just having some national recognition for what we're what we're doing here and what we're building here in the season that we had. So that part of it was really gratifying because it's uh, there's so many people that are part of our organization, building and uh, working hard and doing all that. So it's, it's uh, really a recognition for all of them. You know, you beat out some very impressive names. I mean, the, the nominees that were on this list were Mark Few, Jawan Howard, Scott Drew, Brad Underwood from Illinois, Andy Infield from SC, Tony Bennett, Nate Oates, Eric Musselman, and uh, Todd Simon, our guy, gets the award. I mean, tell us how you first found out uh, that you got the news here that, that, hey, this award was yours. Uh, yeah, they, they kind of gave me a head. They said, hey, we want to give you a heads up, you know, in case you kind of, you know, don't just hear via the uh, via social media and, and all that stuff. So they gave me a little heads up uh, ahead of time, and I was uh, I was very surprised, to be quite honest. Uh, I, was, I was just happy to be on any of those lists because uh, it's not really what you do the job for or think about those recognitions when you're in the process of it. And uh but it is, it is cool to be recognized by some peers and, and folks that study college basketball. And, and, you know, so it was quite an honor. I was, I was very surprised. Well, Todd, well-deserved. I mean, you took over one of the worst programs in the country five years ago. This uh, program was averaging seven wins per season. 
at Southern Utah. Uh, steadily improved. Not the easiest place uh, to recruit. And then this year you guys won the Big Sky regular season title, came in as the, the number one seed. Uh, just a, a fantastic, uh, you know, road here. Uh, let's go back. I know how much you wanted to be a head coach, and I know we talked with you, obviously, when your time here at UNLV, and then we've kept in contact and had you on the show. And I remember when you took that job, you're saying, like, okay, I, I get to be a head coach. You get to do it your way. But uh, give us some of the trials and tribulations and, and the toughness that, that it took for you to persevere through this. And what were some of the biggest roadblocks when you first got there? Well, one thing that I really enjoyed, I kind of found I like the, I like the building process, and uh, this job was going to be a unique challenge. Yeah, obviously, they've had their struggles over quite some time, and uh, that part of it was intriguing to me to see, you know, kind of jump in the deep end and say, okay, you believe in what you do, believe in your teaching methods, believe in, in, in how we inspire guys. So let's just take the, uh, as tough of a challenge on as we can and and that's what this kind of presented a little bit is hey this is a major challenge uh got some work to do but let's uh let's see let's see if this translates and uh so that that's what was makes this kind of a, a fun process to be able to win a championship here and uh, deliver on on some of those beliefs that you you sold to people and uh but there, there are some of the challenges along the way. I mean, there's, there's, we had to, we had to really change how things were being done in terms of just a lot of processes and say, hey, this is, this is how if we're going to compete at Division One level, this, these are things that we need to do. And, and, and fortunately, a lot of people believed in, in saying, yeah, let's, let's try something different and, and, and get on board. And, and those people need a lot of the credit because this whole thing was a team effort. Todd, when you first got the job up there, I'm sure you had a blueprint and a game plan of how to make it a successful team and was, you know, fortunate enough to get the time to make that happen. What was that blueprint when you first took the job and how did you tweak it or maybe change it as the, as the seasons went on to go, you know, maybe we need to try to do this now a little bit and then ultimately get the success that you had this year? Yeah, I mean, especially early on, I mean, you're, you're slowly building it piece by piece. You know, we, we weren't going to be able to bring in 10 players in year one um you know there's not this is not how it's going to work in a lot of places with apr and different things that are going on so we're going to have to uh blend things together over time and every year just get a little bit better and get a little bit better and and then make the players at the end of the day it's just our job is about making players better if we if we continue to develop people develop players uh, your program will, will will have success and uh and as we went to it, I think I think more than anything, it was digging in, and because you start to question some things, like hey, maybe this, maybe that, maybe we can't play fast, maybe we can't. And you know what? When the, the moments of clarity were, no, we're digging in. This is we're gonna we're gonna lead the nation in scoring. You know, I'm not happy that to be third in the nation in scoring. Nobody that doesn't. We want to average 100 points a game. We wanna, uh, you know, we wanna press. We want an offensive rebound, and we're going to do all of it. Well, you can't do all of it. Well, yes, we can. We are going to. And, and, and so we kind of dig in a little bit even more on your convictions. I, I would say that's probably the biggest thing that I learned is to really have strong convictions. Todd Simon joins us, head coach of Southern Utah, just named the Jim Phelan Award winner, the top Division One college basketball coach. Todd, we know about your, UC, uh, your UNLV ties. Uh, so, And I know a lot of people – 
had your name out there that they wanted you to be the next UNLV head coach when TJ Otzelberger opted out of here to go to Iowa State. Obviously ended up giving the job to Kevin Kruger, but I know a lot of people want to know, did you get a call from UNLV about the coach's opening? Well, you know, the process is always uh, unique, but uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that Kevin was the guy from the get-go, and Kevin's a dear friend. I'm certainly rooting for him and, and want to uh, be helpful in any way we can to try to get get the, the program up up and to where uh, where I think it's headed. And and so, you know, these processes are always not necessarily linear, and it's always unique. But uh, you know, I think in that situation, I think Kevin is the guy, and and. Uh, uh, you know, support him, and I think he's going to do a great job. But um, you know, all the, all these, every, anything external is always flattering. You always like to be appreciated and wanted, and 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 just for anything. And and that's, but that's more of a, a, a credit to our program more than anything that people are seeing a little bit of success and intrigued by it. So. But uh, but no, I'm happy here. This is this is a good place. We're continuing to build it. We're going to have four all league guys back. I got two two senior guards that said, "Hey, we're going to take advantage of the free year next year and come back." And so we got a we got a fun thing going ahead of us. You know, and I I, I ask you this because obviously we, you know being you know former UNLV on the staff here you know before. And when, you know, UNLV has these coaches openings and the success that you had there, I mean, there, there were people here that were saying, hey, it would be great to, to have Todd, uh, you know, come over here. Um, there was the word out there that UNLV was doing a, a national search, but I think like you thought, a lot of us thought too, okay, Kevin's on the staff. Uh, it makes a lot of sense for, for Kevin to get that job. We just we were just kind of curious if there were some conversations with other candidates and, and if you were one of those people that they actually did have any conversations with. Yeah, you know, no, I I never had a conversation and and, and but you know that these things are uh, often uh, um, tricky when you when you're involved in firms and different things like that. But no, I mean I, th- I think that was pretty much a spot that was. Uh, um, a good fit for Kevin, you know, and and that was, that's great. And uh, I think Coach Coach Kruger being around is going to be an excellent, uh, you know, help. And 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 so, but from that standpoint, now there's there's not a I've, I haven't been through a interview process really anywhere in terms of doing the whole the whole thing. So, um, you know, but I'm also very happy and, and selective here. So we were we're excited about being a potentially a top 100, top 75 program next year. So, um, so, so yeah, so that's kind of our process as we kind of go through it. And, and there's agents for all that. You know, we got people that kind of handle all that stuff on the back end for me, and I just focus on on uh, our program here and, and let, the, let, the, let all that stuff kind of get handled in the background. When you were building the program there at Southern Utah, did you use anyone else as as a model, either as a as a coach that you looked up to over the years, or did you take like a similar uh, program somewhere uh, out there, no matter which conference it was, and says, "Hey, I, I kind of like the way this program had developed over time." Did you use that as a kind of an example with uh, your administration there and your players? No, no, not, to be honest with you, not really. Um, if anything, probably followed a little bit what we did at Finley Prep. Um, getting a chance to be with Coach Kruger's first two years at UNLV and kind of seeing the early nuance uh, of 
building a program and, and building a belief system that 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 was very helpful. Uh, but you know, then our Finley prep time with with Mike Peck, uh, um, you know, particularly, I think I think just having a very specific way of how we're doing things, uh, very specific teaching methods, you know, holding accountability to a high standard and. And, and then, you know, we, we, we had a very, very specific type of kid that we wanted to part of our program. We love guys that have chips on their shoulder that want to, want to have a lot to prove. And uh, so that, that was kind of a, that blueprint more than anything uh, that I would point to and say had the most influence. Todd, when you're out recruiting today and you're looking at the tournament like this year and you see teams like Oral Roberts and Abilene Christian and Loyola Chicago or something, uh, schools that have good basketball programs now but aren't Power 5 conferences or something, does that help you in your recruitment too when you're going into kids' living room and say, look, you don't have to go to one of these Power 5 conferences. You can come here. We can get the chemistry and everything here, and we can make something special, and there's no reason that we can't make a run to the tournament and see what happens once we get there as well. Well, there's no question, and, and and we like to play a very challenging schedule. Obviously, we lost. We were supposed to play Kansas, Michigan, Wake Forest, you name it, this year, and they all got kind of canceled with the COVID stuff. But our uh, our track record of playing, you know, we played UCLA and played them, I think, single digits. You know, we had played Michigan State when they were one in the country, and Iowa, and you, you name it. We played all these teams the last few years, and and I think that's given our helped our program we want to play everybody and anybody and and i think it gives guys confidence that hey we're, we're, we're not far off and if you're not far off from the very top you can perform and and be a very good team and and i think that's as much as anything but then you see the tournament and you see these the oral roberts of the world and you say hey you know what when we get our chance uh and if we close the deal and get to this tournament we're not just going to be happy to be there and that's kind of what we talked about this spring is we got to close the deal next year. We can't. We had five bad minutes, and it cost us our run. And uh, you get a regular season title, and that's great. But we want everything. We want to be in the tournament. And we want to win games in the tournament. We're not interested in just being happy to be there. Todd, you mentioned UCLA that you you played them. Uh, give us your thoughts when you see this year's UCLA team and the run that they made as a co-11 seed going to the first four. And now they're in the final four. Uh, give us some thoughts about this UCLA squad. Yeah, you know, and in fact, you know, a lot of the same guys that we faced, you know, other than Chris Smith who uh, tore his ACL and is out, but very much a similar team, just kind of a year year better. And uh, in fact, we talked about that as as uh, some of the guys on the team watching it and saying, hey, you know what, this, you know, these are this that's a confidence boost for us because hey, we this is a team that we had a little bit of a bad start and then for 35 minutes, you know, uh, played very well. So. You know, you watch this thing. Mick Cronin does such a phenomenal job. I really like studying what he does. They're tough, nasty defensively, and uh, they rebound. Uh, you got a bunch of guys that, that are gritty. And so I really like how he builds the team. He does a great job getting isolation mismatches and uh, putting his best players in position to succeed. And, and uh, they're dangerous. It doesn't surprise me they made a run whatsoever. When you see the matchup against Gonzaga, we know Gonzaga is a heavy favorite, you know, rightfully so, being um, you know the undefeated team and going after Indiana's record. Well, what do you see when you see this matchup and you see these two teams? Well, Gonzaga is just such a different monster. Uh, I've watched a lot of their games this year. They maybe the best 
ball movement team I've ever seen at the college level. They make every right play. Uh, first open guy gets it. They have shot makers. They have NBA level role players. <laughs> they, I mean, they're 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 phenomenal. They just don't give you any opportunity to make a mistake. And if you do, it's immediately turning into points the other way. Um, and, and so that, that's what makes them so tough. I mean, they're they're a bunch of unselfish, uh, high 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 level players. And when they when they believe in each other like that, anything can happen. Because I don't think they really care who gets the credit or who scores. And that might be their greatest strength of, in terms of a team basketball, that uh, they might be as, I mean, they're one of the best of all time in my lifetime. You know, we, we hear in this day and age, a lot of people are always saying about how today's player is different than they used to be. Is that one of the challenges when you are recruiting kids and you try to get that team concept that somebody who was a star in their high school is maybe playing a little bit different role or something here? Or are kids just kind of the same today? And it, you know what? And if you tell them what to do and you get the right type of player, they're going to do. And as long as you're winning, they're going to buy into the team concept that you're presenting. You know, you know, the the times have changed. I think we'd all you'd be remiss, you know, if you if you said, hey, uh, put social media in 1995, then then it would change and affect a lot of kids. And and I think that's something that's just different. The access, the access to information is different. The access to to the you know transferring the the freedom of movement for for players is just different. Everything's different. Uh, so in the sports grown. So it's just the whole thing's a little bit different, but at the end of the day, it's the, in recruiting so much about personalities. We uh, we talk about all the time. We're recruiting people. We're not just recruiting players, and and we have to make sure that we have the right people that fit us. You know, for me, I want I want guys that are, are you know have a toughness about them and and, and some grit and, and, and care about winning and and. and you know those types of things that can have the ability to learn and want to be coached and want to be better, and you have to sort that out. You know, it's not just about taking the. Uh, it's not a portrait. You know, and a portrait is static. You know, here's what the player is right now. Well, everything's a moving target. Players get better, and I want the guys that are going to get better. And I think you just have to find the right fits for your your philosophy. And for us, it's about finding guys that want to get better. All right, Todd Simon joins us, uh, head coach at Southern Utah, just named the Jim Phelan Award winner, the top D1 college basketball coach. All right, we talked a little about UCLA, Gonzaga. How about some thoughts on Baylor in Houston? Yeah, I'm, I mean, two two teams that are a lot of fun to watch. I mean, Coach Sampson, his team is, is, is you know, long, athletic, nasty, uh, plays so great on defense on the floor. They're always the first to the floor. Are you going to – they have some different options offensively, uh, and then you have Baylor, who, who, who has some pit bulls defensively, and uh, they shoot it so well from three. It's almost absurd how many uh, knockdown guys they have and how they've accumulated them all in the roster. Um, you know, so it's going to be really fun. I, I just think at the end of the day, Baylor and Gonzaga are the two two best teams in, in college basketball, and I think it's it's going to be those two in the final and. And we're all going to be treated to a, a, a very fun game. If that is the case, Todd, look ahead. What do you think happens on Monday night? Because, like you said, that's the game that everyone's been wanting to see. We thought we'd see it in the non-conference. And uh, back on December 5th when it got postponed due to COVID, uh, give us some thoughts if that is the eventual matchup. 
Yeah, it was, it, I mean, there's certainly some intrigue there. You have uh, Baylor who, who can guard on the perimeter, can do some things that other teams can't do at multiple positions. You know, a lot of teams may have one stopper, but I got news for you, Gonzaga's got three or four guys that are going to have to, to stop. Uh, and uh, inside, you know, Baylor's got some strength to kind of match up uh, with Big Solid down there. And so it's, it's, it's going to be really interesting. At the end of the day, I just think Gonzaga was – you, you maybe can take away one or two of those guys, but when you got three and your support cast of a Nemhard who can can collapse a paint and create a shot for you, you have IE who's got a knack for finding buckets. I mean, there's just too much. I just think they have too much, and that, and this is Gonzaga's year. I really believe that. You got an eye on putting them on the schedule here in the next couple of years? <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, you know. Hey, I, 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 if uh, if they're going to continue to be at the top, let's let's go. Let's get them up yeah, there. Because you wouldn't shy away. You're not going to shy away from anybody. That's what I love about you. It's like, no, let's go ahead, man. Let's let's play these guys. Yeah, I mean, they haven't lost in 100 years at home, but someone's got to be the first, right? Someone's be us. <laughs> All right, brother. Hey, we appreciate you as, as always. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, when you get to Vegas, man, we can see you. And uh, good luck here, uh, you know, during the recruiting portion here, coming up the spring and the summer. And we'll look forward to seeing you in southern Utah again next season. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. All right, there he is, Todd Simon, southern Utah, in his fifth year, Big Sky Champs, named the Jim Phelan Award winner, top D1 college basketball coach of the year. He's done a fantastic job. Anybody that can take over a program like that and uh, turn around as quickly as he did, kudos to him. It's very impressive to see what he's done at Southern Utah. And again, he's not only building a pre program that, that maybe existed like UNLV that had some glory days. There was no glory days there. <laughs> and so to get kids to come there, to buy in on the program, and then to show them, hey, we're going to play the best, and we're going to travel. Maybe they didn't get it this year because of some of the COVID things, but they, they're gonna, they know that they're going to be able to play against the best in the country and uh, to compete in the, in the Big West. So, uh, you know, that what a great job by he, that he's done. And, uh, you know, hopefully his success continues, um, and uh, we'll go from there. TC, though, you keep saying twice now you've said the matchup everybody wants to see, <laughs> and, and, and I'm begged to differ because I don't want to see that matchup. I know you don't. I don't that's want to true. see that matchup. Not everybody wants that, to see that's it true. because uh, that's true. That's some, true. Of, some of us want to see something I, different. You, you'd want to see it if they still played the consolation game. Yeah, there won't be any consolation <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah, that was, I, why did they play that consolation game? That was, that was crazy. They used to do it back in the day, the third-place game. Yeah, they used to They still do, do it. it in soccer in the World Cup. They do it. Yeah. You know? yeah, NIT did it for NIT years too. NIT did yeah. it as well too. Bizarre. And, and, and talk about a game that was always hard to handicap. It's like, well, neither of these teams want to be here. Yeah. Who wants to be here the least of the other two? Because sure. someone's actually going to end a great season <laughs> with two consecutive losses. Yeah, it's one and done until you hit the very end and then you get to play one other fun game. All right. <laughs> but by the way, I was just impressed with that interview because uh, when we've talked to Todd before, you mentioned like three or four restaurants you wanted him to take you up to there. Yeah. I can tell it's Final Four weekend because you didn't even mention food. Well, well, that's right, because I'm, I'm hunkered down here, so that, that, that's it. You know, our, my, my food plan is, is, is intact here, no doubt about it. But uh, I will say that for going forward, all right, the matchup everyone wants to see except Double B. There you go. That's it. Yeah, we, we, I, I think there might be guys like Tracy Murray in that, too, that would like to maybe not see that. This is true. Tracy probably had a great time at Disney World, and now he's focused. He, he, ju he just texted me uh, just a little while ago, and he said he's with his family. He is uh, flying out tomorrow morning 
to go from Florida back to Indianapolis uh, to get ready to call the game. So he is extremely excited on what's going on there. And uh, as you should be too, and everybody, I mean, I got so many UCLA, you know, friends, whether they're athletes or non-athletes that went to school, they're, they're, they're proud because, hey, like Bruin basketball is back. Not that it's ever been dormant, but again, it's back. And, you know, the coaching changes that UCLA has gone through over the years, you know, Ben Howland and then, you know, Steve Alford and, and uh, you know, you, you, now you have, you know, Mick Cronin. None of those guys really were really good fits for a lot of Bruin faithful, as you well know. They didn't really say, well, that doesn't really make sense. That's not what we want here. You know, you're never going to get a John Wooden again. But, you know, you had Jim Herrick. You know, you had Steve Lavin. Um, again, a lot of different types of coaches with different styles and usually don't see that with traditional powers they usually try to keep the you know the, the same realm of basketball at least the style of basketball they'd like and ucla has been very very open to this yeah a, a lot of quality coaches and, and some different styles uh ben howland i mean if it wasn't for the florida teams probably wins a couple of titles there yeah. and uh it, you know it's it, it got unfortunate there were some bad eggs in the in the, uh, in the on the team, and it, it cost him the job. And then they ended up going to, to uh, the kid from Indiana who had loose success, you know. Uh, but I, I like McCronin. He's tough. He 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 knows what he wants to do. Look, he's never been to the Final Four. He's excited as a, as these kids are, and uh, the team's outperforming. Uh, they've fought through some adversity, and it's great to see. So they get to they get to take on the biggest and baddest team, and absolutely we've said it all along Gonzaga's tournament to lose uh and what an opportunity for them to to to, sh to shine on Saturday night all right look forward to it tomorrow final four first game tips off at 2 15 and then the, the nightcap at 5 30 again the first game will have Houston and Baylor the second game Gonzaga UCLA Curtis Terry is going to join us we come back the former UNLV running rebel he knows something about uh, going to the NCAA tournament as well too uh, again, playing uh, for, for Long Kruger and uh, does a great job on the UNLV radio network right now. So we're hearing from everybody today, diving into the coaches, diving into the players, giving you our thoughts as well, too, and who we like. So don't you dare go anywhere. It is the T.C. Martin Show live from the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas right here inside the Sportsbook powered by William Hill. More from your favorite sports radio physician. Wow, that's the best news I heard in a dog's age. The Dr. T.C. Martin. Live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, inside the luxurious sportsbook, getting ready for a Final Four tomorrow on the men's side. The women's happening right now, and South Carolina and Stanford uh, in a little bit of a barn burner. South Carolina jumped out to a nine-point lead, and here come those Stanford Cardinal raging back, just like they did the other day against Louisville. Uh, one going away in the fourth quarter, and uh, now uh, Stanford and South Carolina tied at 15, and then tonight... Intriguing matchup with Gonzaga taking on Arizona. So look forward to that. And, of course, tomorrow, the men's side, the Final Four. Don't forget to get that William Hill mobile app. Use the promo code TC50. Deposit money in a brand-new account. They will match it with an additional $50. You deposit at least $50. They'll match it with an additional $50. Just go up to the sportsbook. Use that promo code TC50. And not only here at the Cosmopolitan, but it could be anywhere here at the uh, William Hill Sportsbooks throughout the great state of Nevada. Use that promo code TC50. The William Hill mobile app. Bet where you watch the games, whether it's Major League Baseball. We're here for that now. VGK, the NHL, and, of course, college basketball at its zenith, as I like to say right now.
Have the women been playing uh, with the quarter system for quite some time? Second year. Second yeah. year. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just, it was bizarre. It is. It's crazy. Okay. It's yeah. just, it's you know, just, I'm not a fan. Not, I'm not a fan. I just, you're just not used to it. Yeah. I mean, at least I'm not used to yeah. it at, at it, all. Yeah. It took me by surprise when I'm like, they're in the fourth. What, what, yeah. what are they doing? Over I, there? I know. Yeah. And I, I know listeners are probably saying, oh, he made a mistake. For, no, they, they play yeah. quarters. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a fan of it. You know? So. Anyway, yeah, they're kind of they're mirroring the WNBA, I guess, uh, in, in the professional game. But I don't know. I, I like the 20-minute the halves for college. You know? uh, I, listen, it's, it's just what you're used to seeing. It's exactly. Yeah. You know me. I'm, it's, uh, I'm not a creature. I'm a creature of habit, yeah. you know. So I don't like change, you know. Especially on the menus, you know? Yeah, no, I know you don't. <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't like to change. You know, we've talked at length about the change of days of watching the games. So. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> my goodness gracious. All right, let's uh, get some more feedback here. We've been talking to the coaches today. Let's get the, the, the players' perspective here and also the broadcaster side. Curtis Terry, the former UNLV runner Rebel, joins us now. Curtis, what's going on, my man? Fellas, how's it going? It's it's going great, man. Uh, we know we, we we wish you were here with us. I know you want to be here, but I know you've been in the vacation mode, the family mode. It's been spring break for everybody, so hopefully you've uh, enjoyed your time uh, with the family. Uh, I did. I definitely would love to be there with you guys, if if not for any other reason than to hang out with Double B so I can get some Hattie B's. Yeah, really? uh, that, that chicken sandwich was amazing. There, oh, that's uh, right. I forgot all about the that. testimonial, Curtis there you go, Terry. Testimonial. Let, let's, let's hear it. Let's hear about it. <laughs> Life-changing. Uh, man, <laughs> been thinking about it ever since. So I'll definitely make sure I get back. But the family and I got away for a couple of days out to Arizona, a little road trip. Uh, went to Arizona, the drive-through wildlife park outside of Flagstaff. It was awesome. And then uh, we also went to the Grand Canyon, and I had never seen that. So I was in awe. So nonetheless, it was a good nature spring break getaway for the Terries. There it is. And, Curtis, just for the record, we will be here on Monday, so feel free to uh, you know, come and participate and be part of our, uh, our championship game uh, show on, on Monday. Okay. Let me see. I can, I can work that one out. Uh, if anything, Hattie B's is always a good excuse, right? A- 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 absolutely. <laughs> it's on the dock. But see, but see we got to turn, <laughs> turn Curtis on. If you like the Hattie B's, you, you got to get the blue ribbon chicken. The bucket of chicken at blue ribbon, it, it's – that's it. it. That's the ticket, Curtis. All right, that's the gold standard. That's 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 the TC special right there. Okay. Uh, if, if you say so, I'll give it a shot. I'm typically a picky eater. You mentioned the menu's not changing. I only go to restaurants to get what I want, and, now, and that, I know I exactly. like it. Exactly. I'm so, saying, you're a chicken guy. You like the chicken of Hattie B's, which is outstanding. All right. But the chicken of Blue Ribbon. I mean, Brian Benowitz, can I get a witness? Yeah, you've you got to keep your hands away from TC when the chicken's on the table. Yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> oh, if you go man. for that last chicken wing and, and TC's eyeballing it, it's trouble. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you might uh, just want to get two buckets. That's true. <laughs> that, that's what Double B says. We're getting two buckets. Yeah, All right. get two buckets. Even if there was two buckets, we're fighting over the last piece regardless. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> there it is, man. All right, Curtis, uh, tell us uh, what you like for tomorrow. Okay, well, let's start with the first game. we got Baylor and Houston. Two teams that are very similar uh, with each other. Again, the not probably in Houston. A lot of people really haven't seen Kelvin Sampson's team, but they are a very physical team, and they've just been, been beating people up on the boards. And Baylor, they can do it inside. They can do it outside. Great guard play. The, the line here, only five. Uh, Baylor is the favorite. Uh, give us your thoughts. No, I think this is an interesting one. Uh, obviously, Baylor's kind of been on this collision course with Gonzaga all season, and they're both one game away from making that happen, that heavyweight fight. But I like Houston. I like what Grimes has done after coming in from Kansas. I like what Coach Kelvin Sampson has done with that program in terms of reviving it and giving it a new, fun, tough, hard-nosed, exciting identity. 
And I think that he may be the X factor, aside from the players on both sides, which are great in terms of guard play and offensive rebounding for Houston. I think Kelvin Sampson may be the difference maker in terms of this game versus Scott Drew, um, X's and O's. And I like taking the points if we're going that route. Which I like straight up, I like the Houston Cougars getting this win and moving on to Monday. Wow, there we go. We got to vote for the Houston Cougars there. All right, impressive. Um, again, I'm assuming you guys don't agree. Well, I mean, I, I got to stick with Baylor just because I, I picked him in, in, in the pool, and I, I really like Baylor. Again, you know, a team that's battle-tested. And I, I've seen Houston quite a bit. But, again, you know, I saw him get beat by Wichita State. I saw him uh, play Memphis uh, close twice. And, uh, you know, again, you know, with this Houston team, uh, they're, 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 they're solid. I mean, they, 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 they will – they will come and, and harass you on the boards, you know. But then again, they've been in some life and death situations in, in this tournament where you can make the argument that, you know, maybe they, they, they shouldn't have got by uh, Rutgers and Oregon State. Yeah, I, That scares I, me. I wholeheartedly agree that Houston is the team to beat here hmm. in this game. I, I love that they're, that they're tournament tested, that they played some tough, hard-nosed games, that they probably shouldn't have beat Rutgers. But, you know, that happens. They win and they survive in advance. The fact is they are phenomenal on the offensive glass, uh, averaging 14.5, and Baylor is terrible on the defensive glass, 301st in the country. They stop people from shooting, uh, number one in the country against field goal, number five against three points. Baylor better shoot lights out from the outside, otherwise Houston's going to make it very difficult on them all game. I love them on the money line. Double B is calling Houston on the money line. Forget yep. the five. Take the money line right there, Double B. Okay. Yeah. Their defense like and their it. ability to hit the glass. This is a ferocious team with a desire to win, and I like them. Baylor, all they talk about is it's been 71 years, it's been 71 years, it's been 71 years. They're just happy to be there. Baylor, enjoy your Saturday. You're gone. Wow. Yeah. Double, oh, double B and I are on opposite sides again here today. The, 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 that usually results in food bets, Curtis, just so you know. <laughs> that, that is a very like bold it. prediction there. <laughs> yeah. So The thing that scares me about Houston a little bit is that they do have that tendency sometimes to go in droughts where they don't score for a while, and I don't know that they can afford to do that against this Baylor team, but if they can stay consistent and keep it close, well, as they proved against Rutgers and Oregon State, if it's close, they find a way to win. Uh, at least they have been in this tournament here. So I would make them a live dog. But to call for the outright upset, I'm not going to go that far. Yeah, I, okay. I, 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 I like Baylor, you know, in this situation. I think, again, battle-tested. And in, in, I know that you'll probably agree with me with this, Curtis. You know, when we're looking at teams to, to go all the way or to go deep in the tournament, it's guard play, and it's veteran guard play. And that's exactly what the Baylor Bears have here. You mentioned how great they shoot the three no one is better in the country than, than shooting the three I just don't see them having these these off nights like we've talked about like with Alabama and some of these other teams you know Baylor did only hit one three what in that game against Arkansas they still had enough to win because they played sound defense they were able to to uh, rebound well but I just think this team doesn't get flustered because they are battle tested night in and night out in the Big 12 we've talked all about the Big 10 all season long let's talk about the Big 12 as well too just as solid so they've been in, in in plenty of wars, and uh, I think they've recouped after that COVID break. A lot of people said, okay, Baylor's not the same team, but what have they done since they got to the tournament? They have just motored through everybody. So, again, I, 
you know, I, I kind of believe in the fairy tale thing too. Hey, we were supposed to see Gonzaga and Baylor in the championship, uh, you know, uh, to meet back in December 5th, and everyone was waiting for that game, except Double B. And uh, I'm saying, okay, that game is probably still going to happen on Monday. We're going to get that because everybody wants to see that, except Double B and Tracy Murray. But that's okay. I, I just like what the makeup of Baylor, and I do like Scott Drew as well too. I mean, schooled under Homer Drew. Uh, again, he brings fire. He brings intensity. I, and the depth. I love the depth that Baylor has, and I think they have more depth than Houston. But that's me, Curtis. I hear you, and I can't argue those things because uh, they're all valid points. I, I think on paper it's a very close, even matchup. The one thing that I think the difference maker is, like you said, the depth for Baylor. I understand that. They can keep throwing everything in the kitchen sink at you. But then I think in terms of rebounding, securing the ball and ending possessions or continuing extending possessions, that's where I like Houston. So it's going to be a good game. But I've got to stick with, stick with the Houston Cougars on this one. I think they're going to get it done. Uh, it's going to be a, a battle of, of Texas here come tomorrow night. When you see second chance points at the end of the game, you're going to be like, ah, they were on to something. Yeah. They were on to something. No, I get that. I get because that. they hit the boards. And by the way, this offense scored 76.6 points a game and held teams to only 57.6. Houston's used to scoring some points. And if this gets into a little bit more of a track meet, they can hang with them for a little while. I don't think it will, though. I think they'll clamp down and, and, and keep that ball away from Baylor. And Baylor's possessions will be much shorter because they won't be able to get the glass. You know what I think yeah. this comes down to, guys? I really believe that this is going to come down to how the officials call this game. Because we know that Houston just loves to, to pound the glass, especially on the offensive board. And you can make the argument that, you know, they went over the back, you know, quite a few times in that last game and nothing was called. If they're going to call a, a tight game and Houston gets into any type of foul trouble, it's going to change the way they attack that. And so for me, I'm thinking if, if, if they're going to let them play, advantage Houston. But if it's going to be tightly called, advantage Baylor. If it's, and, and if it's going to be tightly called, Baylor's got a much better opportunity. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I brought that up when we talked to Coach Pete, and I mentioned the benches because I do think Baylor's deeper. So I, I tend to agree with you there. I'd like to see, like this would be a game that I wouldn't necessarily bet beforehand, but maybe with the in-game wagering or something look at to, to get a feel for how it is being called in that. Mm. Because if Houston gets in foul trouble, I think they're in big trouble. If they do let them play, then I think Houston's got a shot. Mm. Curtis? I'm right there, guys. I think, again, against that zone, if you can make shots, that's going to be great. Quinn Grimes going to have to step up and knock him down. Jerome's going to have to knock him down. But getting extra possessions. It's hard to rebound against the zone. Uh, that's going to be tough if they throw a heavy zone at them. But on the flip side, if Baylor's not getting out in transition and playing fast and exciting and getting stops and getting runouts and threes, I don't think they're going to be – experienced and seasoned and disciplined enough late in the game to finish or close or win a game. And I think we've seen that from Houston the last couple of games. If they should have lost or won, regardless, they've been able to find a way to win. Um, and it's because late in games they can get stops, get rebounds, um, and then knock down free throws. All right, we are split on this one between uh, Baylor and Houston. All right, let's talk about the nightcap, Gonzaga and UCLA. Now, you, you mentioned the zone. We saw that USC tried to play zone against Gonzaga. That did not work at all. We've seen UCLA play some zone this year. Do you think that the Bruins are, are, and Mick Cronin are going to say, hey, this is our best way to slow down the Zags? 
Uh, honestly, in, in Double B, don't get mad at me here. It doesn't matter what Nick Cronin says or does because there's no way to stop Mark Few and these, these Gonzaga Bulldogs. I think it's just it's destiny for what for them to achieve and complete this mission of an undefeated season. And, heck, if you can go zone, try it. USC did it. They got torched. It looks bad. And if you go man, I don't think anybody can match up with them in terms of what they can do across the board in terms of skill set from – Nemhard and Suggs down to Timmy. Everybody can handle, pass, and shoot. It's going to be tough to get it done. Uh, I think the Zags continue to, to storm their way through this one, and uh, they're destined for Monday night to, to cut down those nets. Yeah, the, the, the Zag, there's nothing against the Zags. The Zags are a great ball club. Uh, UCLA is winning the tight games. They're winning the tough games. They're winning the games in the clutch. If you've won 27 games in a row by double digits, and all of a sudden you're playing a game in the low 50s against a team that's making you scratch and claw for every possession and every ball and does not turn over the ball. UCLA does not turn over the ball. And they got a guy named Johnny Johnny Juzang. Juzang, who is having a tournament of a lifetime. They showed the stats. He's behind Lou Alcindor and Bill Walton. Pretty good Bruins, by the way, uh, when it comes to his first five games in the, in the tournament. Uh, I think that having these extra days, five, six days to repair, it's going to be tight. It's going to be close. UCLA, they're, they're, they go through some spells where they don't score. They go through 0 for 8, 0 for 9. they got to avoid that because against Gonzaga, that could spell... Uh, you know, 15 points behind where they won't be able to come back. I I like this UCLA team. I think they're tenacious. I think this game is going to go right down to the wire again. And if you're going to go to the down to the wire in a dogfight, I want these UCLA Bruins. You, you know, I think it's kind of interesting because Brian mentioned the extra days that they have, and it hasn't been as many as normal because, of course, we had the tournament uh, that, you know, the Elite Eight wrap up on a Monday, Tuesday. But still, I actually think in a way that those extra days are going to hurt UCLA more than help them because I think Mark Few is going to say, you know what, Johnny Duzang is not going to beat us here. We're going to make some other guys do it. I think if UCLA has a shot in this game, other guys have to step up. He had 28 of 51 points the other night. I don't think that the Gonzaga is going to say, well, yeah, we'll just let him score and then we'll worry about ourselves and do everything else out there. I think they're going to go out there. I think they're going to try to stop him a little bit. I just think the Zags are too deep of a, of a ball club. Devil B is calling a timeout I'm here. I'm going to call a timeout. Do you, want a full, that. you want a full or a 30-second timeout? Just a quick timeout. <laughs> Johnny Juzang was out of the game with five minutes to play against Alabama, fouled out of the game. UCLA is a gritty team. They went to Jaquez. They used Tiger Campbell. Uh, Jules Bernard disappeared, but he scored four big points at the end of that last game. They are a team. They're an absolute Mm -hmm. team. They root and they cheer for each other. They bind it together after losing probably their top player with the ACL injury, and they're going to be tough. Mark my words, this game's going to be a lot closer than everybody thinks. And again, guys, you know, the, the, the pace here. We expect you know, Gonzaga, obviously, to push the pace, to get up and down. And that Michigan thing, I mean, it, it was a walk-up. I mean, 51 to 49. And for a team to go to the Final Four that did not make a three-point shot in the second half, that had zero bench points, that, had, uh, that uh, three of their starters only had four points apiece, it's craziness to think that they are here, but they gutted their way through this. And again, I don't know how much credit we give UCLA on the defensive end against the Michigan game because Michigan missed their last eight shots. They tensed up. 
if this is a free-flowing type of game, this game could get ugly, you know, with the Zags because, like you said, I mean, no one is saying that UCLA can, can win a game in, in the 70s or 80s. I know the Alabama thing is a little bit skewed because, again, UCLA, you know, ran it up in overtime and won by 10 and got 88, but this game was, you know, in the, in the 70s, and it really wasn't that, that fast-paced. So I, I don't know. It, it's really hard for me to get behind the Bruins. I like the individual pieces, like you said, Juzang and Tiger Campbell. I think Tiger Campbell is a, is a great point guard. But where I think, and I think, you know, Curtis hit this, Drew Timmy down low against Riley, there's no stopping not only Timmy but, but Kispert or Najai. I mean, in Riley and in behind Riley, there's nothing there. Oh, I don't know. Uh, that kid down gave, low? Him, gave him some pretty good work, yeah. that, 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 that number 14 for UCLA. I don't know if you know his name. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you this. This reminds me a lot of uh, Jimmy Valvano's team when they took down Faisalam at GM, and nobody said they could beat them. Nobody. They survive in advance. They won ugly, ugly, yeah. ugly. Before you know it, they were, t- they were cutting down the net. So. Is there a Lorenzo Charles and a Kozel McQueen? There's, there's, is there a Derek Wittenberg on that team? Sidney Lowe? Yeah, there sure are, okay. and they're all they're all in baby blue. So uh, <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be, like I said, I think it's going to be a tighter game than anybody really going to be comfortable with. All right, and we'll see what Gonzaga's made of. All right, Curtis Terry's joining us, the former UNLV runner rebel. He knows a thing or two about going to the NCAA tournament. Curtis, are you taking the 14 or are you laying it with Gonzaga? Laying it and then some. <laughs> I mean, I don't, and I mean, it, it might be a closer game than people expect. It, it might be 16 that they win by. Um, but I don't think it's going to be close. In terms of Oregon State, they blew a big lead in the Pac-12 Conference Tournament against Oregon State, I think 16 points, um, if not more. They blew that game. And I think the big thing with Gonzaga is they can play any style, any way. And even when they don't have a good game offensively, which is rare, they're still able to be productive and put points on the board. And I just don't think anybody can stop them. Um, just top to bottom. I think they've got two, three, three first-round picks on their team, arguably, um, with Suggs, Kispert, and Timmy. And I just don't see how it can be done. No, nothing against Nick Cronin and UCLA. I think it's amazing what they've done. I don't think everybody expected them to, to make it this far. But I don't know what in the world is going to be able to stop Mark Few and Gonzaga because it hasn't been done not just this year, but last year even. Uh, I think it, I think this was in the bag for sure. But thanks for coming to play. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> go take your goodie bag, you know, take your swag bag, and, and, and see you later. There Look, you go. Before, the, before this started, we, we all talked about it. I picked Zaga to win the whole thing, yeah. and I, I think they are the best team out there. But watching the teams play and watch the heart of a team, uh, we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, and I know Brian brought up the fact, too, that if it's close, UCLA is finding a way to win. That's the key to it. Can they keep it close against this club? All right. Curtis, we appreciate the time, my man. Uh, we'll let you get back and uh, spend a little bit more time with the family over the weekend, watching the Final Four. Hopefully we'll talk to you on Monday. Thanks, fellas. You guys have a good one. We'll see you soon. There you go. There have a is. great one. Curtis Terry, the former UNLV runner-rebel, part of the UNLV uh, radio network. I love that well. he liked the Hattie Bees. Oh, he, he took it to go. He took it to he took it to go. So I actually never found out if he liked it. So. And, and you got the testimonial. Yeah, it's a big testimonial. Yeah, last time he was here, he was you know we he, we were teasing him all about it, and you yeah. go follow me, and uh, you, you took him up there. We you disappeared <laughs> for about a half hour. I think you probably had a piece of chicken yourself while you were gone, and then he came back. You said, "Curtis on his way," and, and today we got the testimonial. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, yeah. come on, seriously, have you ever had anyone give you a bad testimonial about food of the cosmopolitan? Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah, not happening. Uh, somebody, some people are you can't satisfy. I guess that's <laughs> it. <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, come on. E even the Canadians love it here. Oh, of course. Of course. They, they love Team it here. Team Canada, the Cosmopolitan. Wait, what is that supposed to mean, even the Canadians? Are we taking I, shots at our neighbors to the north now? What's up with that? I don't know. I think they've been taking sh shots at themselves. Yeah. They're, 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 they were taking shots at themselves. <laughs> talking about, hey, we can't get to the Cosmopolitan. They go, we got communism going here. Yeah, we, we, that's what we've been hearing. Yeah, it's tough up there. It's up, yeah. uh, Ontario just locked down again. We, so, yeah, uh, we wish them well. We, we, hope, well. we hope to see them back real soon. I know Jerry the dentist is just dying to get out. And here. hopefully the Canucks can get back and play in some hockey too. Yes, right. the Canucks are out there. No, they're not playing I think right it's now. now six players. I know. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. They, they were boasting about how that, oh, nobody from the north has had this. Well, you better not boast about this COVID because it'll, it'll yeah. sneak up and bite you. That's pretty scary. All right. Appreciate everyone being here with us. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Check out the interview page. You've got some fantastic interviews on the classic page. The most recent interviews are up there as well, too. Check out our breakdown for the final four and championship game as well, too. All right. For Double B. Ballpark Frank, Quake back in the studio, Numchuck here, appreciate it. We are back here on Monday previewing the championship game and recapping what our eyes saw for the Final Four. I'll be going to the window with my double Moneyline parlay here on the Doggy Dog. All so. right, take, take those pictures, man. I want to see that, no <laughs> doubt about it. Get out here to the Cosmopolitan all weekend long. Great food, great activities, gaming. Come to the sports book, enjoy. Have yourself a good one. TC Bar saying so long, and we'll talk to you Monday at 2 p.m.